Welcome to episode 212 of Keeping Up With The Joneses, the first episode of 2019. AJ Jones, how the heck are you? I'm really good, thank you. I'm a little cold. We'll explain why that is in a second. We are doing things a little differently this episode. I will be interested to see if our regular listeners can tell what is different. We'll tell you what is different at the end of the episode. Oh, that's tricky. Well, we've been off the air for three weeks, I want to say. Yeah, I think it's been about three weeks. Uh, fill everybody in on our Christmas and New Year. Christmas was amazing. We had nearly three weeks off. And so we spent most of that time in pajamas. Literally, I probably got dressed maybe four days out of the three weeks. I don't think it was that many. The rest of the time I was in my pajamas all the time. <laughs> I remember at one point And the you kids were, in their pajamas as well. I remember at one point you were like, babe, when was the last time you showered? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm just enjoying being in pajamas. And you're like, yeah, the rest of you aren't. Tia actually said to me, daddy, you smell. I was like, what do I smell of? She was like, tuna fish. At that point, that's, that's, that's a bad sign. <laughs> at that point, I knew it was time to have a shower. <laughs> yeah. So recap on what, what I mean. We obviously were just in pajamas for three weeks. We literally saw nobody. We had some friends over for Christmas Day, but the rest of the time, family video. Talk me through Christmas presents. Christmas presents was really fun. Uh, you know, the kids got sort of their normal the Lego-y thing. Did your husband knock it out of the park? For you? That's knocked what it out of the park. Say. That's what the podcast listeners are waiting for. <laughs> did he knock it out of the park? He did okay. knock it out of the park. Do you want to talk about what you ended up with? Yes. I got a Canon 60 Mark II. What is that to people who don't know anything about it's a yeah, it's a camera body. Uh, my previous digital camera body is fi- hun- fifteen years, years old. old? <laughs> Not a hundred, but fifteen at least. Uh, so it had like six megapixels and just no um, features. Basically, it was the first digital body that they released, and so this is the updated body. The thing does everything. Probably could cook me eggs if I gave it eggs. It's great. And you're, uh, and you were, and you were exceptionally generous to me <laughs> because you bought me. Unbeknownst to me, I was exceptionally <laughs> generous to him. <laughs> you bought me an iPad Pro. I did. With a keyboard. I I've, didn't even know I did. I've and got I the did. pencil somewhere it's else. It's true. Yeah. Ask me how I like my iPad Pro. How do you like your iPad Pro? I really love it. I'm, I would. I, I was I'm, sensing that. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to switch over to using it full time. And I have a laptop, which I'm going to just try and leave chained to my desk to do all the heavy lifting. The only problem I can't fully replace my workflow with an iPad Pro is Keynote. And this is only going to appeal to a small subsection of the podcast. Sorry. But I use Keynote almost exclusively. Probably every single day that I'm teaching, I'm using Keynote. And Keynote on iPad versus Keynote on uh, Mac OS is crippled in one particular way, which really affects me, which is when I'm presenting, I can't have this slide, the next slide, and the presenter notes all at once. So I've emailed Apple. I've asked them to update some software because it's a massive screen. I, I, I should be able to fit everything on. It should work. And I have to say that there is part of me that is happy that it hasn't worked for you either because you were trying to convince me last year to take just my iPad on some speaking engagements. And I was like, no, because I don't like the way Keynote is. And so. Come on, Apple. Software <laughs> updates for the win. Please. What about our new year? What did uh, I don't even remember New Year? What did we do for we New Year? We went to bed early. 
<laughs> we rocking that mid forties lifestyle. It was like nine thirty, and we're like, "Want to go to bed? All right, let's do this." Yeah, we went to bed uh-huh. early, but I'd had the stomach flu. Oh yeah, you had. Yeah, you had the plague. So, well, that was the other weird thing. I spent a large portion of Christmas Eve in separate bedrooms. Talk, talk to me about that. Is it wrong that I really like that? Well, you know what we need? Podcast listeners, I need your help. I need you to leave comments or something and tell me, where do you stand on this? Because this is our ongoing debate, and you know what I'm about to say. I do. That's why I've tuned out. So (laughs) here's the deal. Some people like to be touched when they're sleeping. I mean, That sounds creepy. Let let me say Okay. I get into bed. Okay, yeah. I want to fall asleep cuddling. He wants to fall asleep (laughs) cuddling. Like... Him what? touching me, but we're just sleeping. We're AJ not doing other it's not special cuddles. <laughs> it's like no, I just you, you want me to fall asleep while someone's going like this. I just want to like no. wrap up on it. No. Fall asleep. I don't want to be touched. Uh, you don't want to be <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be touched. I can't even fall asleep with my arm on you. No. In fact, if he does, I just wait for him to fall asleep, which it's really obvious once he does because, you know, noise. Uh and I just lift his hand. <laughs> drop it on his That's not true. Bed. You don't even let me do that. You're just like, get your hand off me. Get your hand off me. You're a freak of nature. <laughs> and she's convinced that she's normal. I am normal. There are other people <laughs> that it's like, you know, it's it, you, we can do all of our wonderful married activities, but then don't touch me. I just want to see. It's like we're playing badminton. <laughs> are you talking I, about sex? I, yes. Okay. I'm not talking about fall asleep having sex. <laughs> That would be the worst sex ever. Listen, I'm not mean, saying that either. I just mean, I literally just want to snuggle up to you as we fall asleep. And you don't even no. let me touch you. Mm-mm. I want some sort of taser line down the center of the bed because some people take over the space on the bed. They don't keep their head on their own pillow. Their arms and legs are everywhere. I just want my space. <laughs> so, yes, please give us your feedback, married couples. Am I the freak or is AJ the freak? That's probably the worst research to do. Did you make any New Year's resolutions? I did. Oh, how come I don't even know these? Well, I didn't really. <laughs> okay, that would explain. I made a resolution yeah. not to make a resolution. Actually, here is my, here is my thing. Yeah. I think every year I make resolutions like uh, I'm going to exercise regularly or I'm going to eat a certain way. Or I'm going to do whatever. And then... You know, you start the whole 30 and it's the whole four. Uh, and Whole do- two and a half. <laughs> four. What are you talking about? So so I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. I think I'm... So I just had a conversation with the Lord about my heart. And I thought, I actually want this to be the year that I'm the most thankful. So I want to work on hmm. thankfulness and having a thankful heart. And that I gain his perspective uh, more quickly. Because I think... It's really easy to get stuck in my own perspective. And then I want to be quicker to trust. Like if the Lord asked me to do something to just know he's asking me because he's going to back me up and just go ahead and do that uh, rather than have the debate, the internal debate. So I'd like they're all internal things rather than external things. If it sounds like there's a herd of wildebeest and elephants on the rampage, that's because our kids are running around. I'm not quite sure why, but I don't want our podcasting to be a limitation on them being kids. So I'll try and edit their noise out as much as possible. But if you can hear that, that's why. If they start having a real party, 
uh, we might just go join them. Turn the hose on them. Yeah. Wait, that's not right. <laughs> Don't call child services. Uh, our topic this week is kind of related to New Year's resolutions, oh. but it's all about vision and the importance of having a vision for your life. Here's what I was thinking. I've been teaching at the school the last couple of weeks, and I'm, I realized that when I teach the students, I remember what it was like being in the seats, listening to somebody teach. And when you're a teacher, you tell everybody your best testimony. So I'm 44. I've been a believer in Jesus since I was seven. So for 30 plus years, I've been walking with the Lord. And I realize that when I'm teaching, I'm telling everybody my best stories. Your highlight reel. Highlight reel. And the danger is if you're just listening to somebody like me, you're going to be comparing your normal with my highlight reel. And I was thinking, so I was thinking about that. I was trying to explain to the students, hey, you need to understand that. It's not every day I have an angelic visitation. It's not every day. I'm not dreaming all the time. I'm not hearing the voice of the Lord every single day. The large portion of my life is made up of everyday life, just like everybody else's. Normal interaction. Right. And we try and explain that when we have new staff come on, when we have interns. They probably come in imagining what our life looks like and are kind of astonished to see that most of our life is made up of mundane, ordinary, like paperwork or admin or meetings. And I don't know what they were thinking, but trying to explain why you have to have a vision so that the mundane, ordinary sorts of things propel you to your breakthrough moment. So you're not just living life for breakthrough, you're living life for everyday life. Right. That's what I mean by vision. So AJ Jones, take us away. So I guess my thought is, I think, I don't know who said it, but um, I've heard Alan say it a couple of times, the whole thing of vision gives pain a purpose. Uh, I stole that from Alex Seeley, Henry and Alex Seeley, who passed the belonging, were speaking at our school, and I overheard them say that, and I was like, that's a great line. So that's where I stole it from. Yeah. I think, I mean, last year we sort of, we envisioned to be the most generous that we've ever been. We envisioned to do things like get out of debt. And I think vision actually helps you know what direction you're heading in and stay on course, even when circumstances are difficult or, you know, on the days when you just don't feel like doing anything, you mm-hmm. have vision that propels you to continue on, like to just keep going. Yeah, because if you don't have vision, you're left with your own brute force strength. And for me, brute force strength does not last very long. <laughs> no. Do you remember Patricia King gave us, she didn't just give us, she came to our church, she gave us four amazing prophetic words. Uh, you can smile at your future. Yeah. God will greatly bless your seed. A thousandfold return in one year. And what was the fourth one? I think it was a hundredfold return, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, a hundredfold return in a year. That's right. And uh, I can't remember. We we took them and wrote them up on our mirror, on our master bathroom mirror. And so we would see them every morning, but we would also stand there in our bathroom before we would leave for work when we were getting ready. And we would just hold hands and declare right. those four things um, over that year. And I would say... I can't remember what the fourth one was, but I remember thinking, it was something similar. We, we saw it like we yeah. we it helped our hearts stay focused on what we felt like we were hearing from the Lord and right. what we wanted to see happen. And, uh, you know, that's what vision does. Vision helps you get there. But also when your world reality contradicts your vision, you have something to fight back with. Like 
You can smile at your future. There was times when we would get up and like, especially with our financial future, we were like, okay, our bank account is saying one thing. Yeah. Wait, we have this word from the Lord. It's written on our mirror. It's of the wallpaper on our phones and on our laptops. No, I'm going to declare this. So uh, you were talking about uh, New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. I wonder if half the time New Year's resolutions fail is because we make New Year's resolutions without first having a vision of what they're onto. Like, what does it accomplish? Right. So if you, like, like take budgeting, for example. Budgeting for budgeting's sake is good, but it's hard. But budgeting with a purpose in mind, with a vision in mind, be that a vacation or getting out of debt or saving up to buy something, you have a vision in mind, you have something to head towards, it gives pain a purpose. Yeah. But I also think about the the longer and longer I walk with the Lord, the more and more I am saddened by the number of people who are no longer walking with me. I mean, I meet new people all the time, but people I've been walking with for years who just fall away from the Lord. I think it's because they part of it is they don't have a larger vision. So they have all these prophetic words, but they lose sight of the prophetic words. They don't keep them before them. And then they use their prophetic words as ammunition against the Lord. Like, well, you said you're going to do this and you haven't. So peace out, I'm out. Rather than going, no, this is where I'm heading. And like today is paying dues for tomorrow's vision. Does that make sense? Yes. I wonder too if it has anything to do with their vision not being having anything to do with the body of Christ. Because I think for us, no matter what our vision has been, whether it's been generosity or um, growing in the prophetic or what it, it's been all, you know, we want to bless the body of Christ. And so if, if, if being part of the body is part of your vision, you're probably not going to step away from being part of the body. Is I just wonder that. Tell me that again. So if your vision is larger than just yourself... Yes. And you're serving somebody r- rather than yourself. Yeah. What happens there? Well, I think I think your vision has to be larger than you because most people actually aren't that motivated to just do something just for themselves. Right. So if your vision, which our vision is about blessing the body of Christ and about equipping the body of Christ. And so no matter what the the nuances are of different things that God's talking to us about or different areas, it's all going to be within the remit of within the body of Christ, we want to see this happen. And I think that keeps you connected, therefore, into the body of Christ, which keeps you in community. And I think it helps with a lot of that stuff. Let me ask you this. Uh, can you think of a time in your life where your vision kept you focused, where there was opportunities to be distracted? My my thought is, I guess the one that comes to mind quickly is in 94, I had all these prophetic words about traveling the world and ministering and stuff like that. Uh, but the reality of my life was that I was, you know, waiting tables or working as a photographer and uh, it didn't look like that is what life was going to look like. Right. So doing nothing like what your prophetic words say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And then in addition, I ended up getting married. Then I ended up getting divorced. And uh, I thought I was kind of disqualified from being used by God. Uh, And then in, I guess, 97, um, I was going for this interview with National Car Rental, and I was interviewing with the president and the vice president. And it was strange because I don't remember thinking about it before I went in. But when I went into the interview, I remember saying to them, I have a word over my life, you know, that I'm going to be in full-time ministry, so I'll promise you five years. Uh, But 
I, you know, I don't think I have much past that because I feel like I'm going to be in full in full time. Is that what you said? Yeah. So they have a grid for that. They well, they did and they didn't. They uh, they sort of like nodded their heads and stuff. And afterwards, the VP pulled me aside and started asking me questions about what I believed because he was a um, Indian guy and uh, his sister had just gotten saved in India and like sold all of her she was a lawyer or something sold all her stuff and opened an orphanage so he's like i need help you know uh so i guess it wasn't totally shocking but yeah i uh but even at national like there was some really tough seasons working under some very interesting people and you know whatever but my heart knew this this isn't the end of the story and so uh i had vision that this changes at some point so I can give my hundred percent here and not have to worry that this is all it is. I remember being, yeah, I've told this story many times. I remember being a school teacher and not wanting to be a school teacher, but felt like the Lord had asked me to be a school teacher. And so at the time that was the vision for my life. Like, okay, Lord, let's just settle this debate. If you want me to be a school teacher, then I will be a school teacher for the glory of God. And that vision gave pain a purpose. Like when I'm like, ah, oh, why am I like signing these? Why do I have parent me? Why? Oh yeah, because I'm doing something unto the Lord. So vision is so important. It really is the fuel for the everyday stuff that we have to get through because you're living for a future season. And what I've learned is in the economy of heaven, everything you do today is an investment into your destiny tomorrow. And I just want to encourage you, you can get a vision. Now, let me ask you this. Where does somebody get a vision from? Well, I don't know. I mean, sometimes vision comes from inspiration. Like you hear other people's stories and something lights in your heart and you're like, oh, you know, that's what I want to see happen or that's what I want to be. Or the Holy Spirit's like, hey, that's what you're built for. And vision starts to grow that way. I tend to get vision a lot from dreams and just um, prophetic words or from journaling, like things that the Lord is speaking to me about. Uh, What about you? Yeah, I used to. When I was single and didn't have children and had way more time, I used to start off every new year by reviewing last year's journal. Like I'd look for themes and look for promises. What did God say? I used to start every new year by hunger striking. It's almost the same thing. It's where you don't eat and you tell God you're not going to eat until he tells you stuff. But you call it fasting? Yeah, you call it fasting. Yeah. And I would start every new year by asking the Lord for a word for the new year. Like, Lord, what am I doing? And I don't, I don't do that anymore, not because of any great revelation, but because I feel like I'm in a uh, different season. I'm in a different season. I feel like I get continual vision, I think, because of the relationship we have with so many prophets. But uh, I get it from journaling. Like, I'm, I'm constantly asking the Lord, Lord, what are you doing? Or the Lord has interrupted my day saying, hey, you know, this is what I want you to focus on, which is amazing. But yeah, I, journaling has been so helpful for me. We'll put some links in the show notes about how you journal because we've... Uh, done some episodes on that before but yeah prophetic words hugely important do you know where i get most of my vision from right now where when i'm driving really yeah all of all of the things that i've sort of launched this year or anything new that i've done wait it's 20 days in so all of the things you've launched (laughs) this year well i mean okay so i mean like in the last six months like when i think about anything new that has like come into my head to oh we should do this or probably most of my sermon ideas and whatever aren't necessarily coming when i'm having my god time or listening to the bible or anything like that but 
when I'm driving because I tend to just have it silent in the car if it's just me. I I realize I do this. I don't know if this is going to help anybody. I realize I pray and ask God for wisdom. And so, for example, this morning I'm in church. I'm in the middle of worship. Dink, and an idea pops in my head. I'm not thinking about uh, the question I'd asked the Lord. I've been asking the Lord for the last couple of months a question or a repeated question. Lord, I just need some input. Like, what do you want me to do with this? What do you want me to do with that? I'm asking the Lord. I'm in worship this morning, and think this answer pops in my head, and I'm about to go. Oh, this is just me. Like, I'm just being distracted. I want to worship the Lord. I'm thinking, wait, I've been asking the Lord for input on this. Here is input that has come that has an unusual sense. Is not something that I would think of. Let me just sit on this for a second. So I stay in worship, but I stay with this thought. I just see where it goes out. And I'm like, I think that's the Lord. So I want to encourage you, don't be surprised if random thoughts pop through your head, especially if they seem to be answers to questions that you've been praying. There you go. But you can get vision from, you know, all sorts. But I like getting prophetic vision. And I love having vision confirmed by prophets. Let every matter be established by two or three witnesses. But, you know, if you've got a vision from the Lord, ask the Lord for confirmation for it. I think we pretty much always do that, don't we? Like if it's like big stuff, we're like, okay, Lord, yeah. think I'm hearing you. Would you send me some confirmation? And just to qualify that, because I've, I've heard some interesting explanations of confirmation. Confirmation is not when you go up to somebody and say, this is what I feel like the Lord is telling me to do. Can you confirm? <laughs> confirmation is when somebody who knows nothing about it comes up to you and says, hey, this may seem strange or whatever, but I have a word for you. And they tell you the thing that you've asked the Lord for confirmation about. Right. There you go. Okay. I have a list of five things regarding vision. All right. Number one. Well, I have to look at my notes because oh. I wrote them down. Number one is what we've just been talking about. Get a vision. Get a vision. If you don't have a vision for your life, ask the Lord for a vision. Because the Lord has a vision for your life. And we're tag teaming like nobody's Absolutely. business. Absolutely. Okay. Come on. Number two, and this is, most people just stop at number one. I got a vision. Number two, you got to review your vision. Keep your vision in front of your oh, eyes. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because you will lose sight of your vision. You'll get distracted out of your vision. You'll feel like times and seasons of taking away from your vision. Get a dry erase. Write it on your mirrors. Like, oh. get it in front of you. Yeah, keep it in front of you. Review your vision. Hey, on that note, I was just thinking, one of the people that we know now that is one of the more successful people that I know of in his field, every single year would do a vision board. Vision board right? hugely important. Right. So we have a friend named Josh Axe, and he would do vision boards uh, every single year. He'd do a vision board. So I remember going over to his house, and we would see the new vision board for that year or whatever. And I always thought, oh, well, that's cute. But <laughs> but I'm sure every single thing on the vision board is has become a reality because it's just it's helped him stay focused. But we've done vision boards in our life as well. Yeah. Like if you think about our house, yep. like the first time we bought or built a house, we. We made a, I made a vision board about you. Like, this is what I would like in a wife. And I, yeah, amazing. But I also think, like, sometimes even your Pinterest board yeah, uh, or your Amazon wish list. Like, I look around my house and it's filled with things that, I mean, this is kind of materialistic. But what I mean is the things that I've asked the Lord for, the things I have are not happenstance. They're deliberate things that I've asked the Lord for. Like, oh, fun parenting moment. This weekend, we've set up our kids with bank accounts. We've set up our kids with chores and allowances. And we're teaching our kids about saving and giving and spending. And we teach them about tithing. So we're talking about tithing. And we, we gave them their allowance. And we said, what's the first thing you do when you get your allowance? They said, we tithe. So we talked about tithing. And then we just did a little Bible study about why tithing is so important. And Tia, like my... Oh, it's Tia. Nine. Nine-year-old. Tia, my nine-year-old, asked, <laughs> she said, 
because we were talking about God blessing you, pouring out so much blessing you won't handle. She said, what does blessing look like to me? And I was like, that is a great question. What would it look like for your life to be blessed? And she had some answers. And I said, what you watch, God will massage blessing to to meet the needs of your heart. Okay, wait, but one more little parenting thing under that, just under the finances thing that was super cute. She has a new little student that's just joined her class this week, you know, and it's January. And and she's from Korea. She doesn't speak any English. And Tia was like, mommy, I would like to, now that I have a bank card, I would like to go out. I would like to buy her a little present and some candy to just say, welcome and that you have friends here and you know it was so sweet so we went and got our little present and nerd parent when she downloaded a translator to turn her english into korean and then she's going to write it out for her so (laughs) i'm like anyway where were we get a vision review the vision then you got to declare the vision yeah a vision unspoken Uh, i sound like an ancient proverb but i don't know the end of it yeah if you (laughs) a vision unspoken (laughs) A vision of smoking goes nowhere. So you've actually got to dictate to your world what your vision is going to be, like who you are, who you're becoming, declare your godly beliefs, declare, catch yourself when you say the opposite of what your vision is. So if God's given you a vision that you're going to handle millions and you keep saying, I'm broke, you're delaying that vision coming to a pass. So declare your vision. Good. Love it. I'm a strong, confident woman. Cigarettes don't (laughs) control my life. Yeah, be careful no, what you that's, declare. Yeah, don't don't declare that necessarily. Yeah. Number four and number five have been super helpful in our life. Number four is so towards your vision, so where you want to go. So find people who are already doing what they're doing, and just so time, energy, honor, money, prayer, whatever you have to sow. Whatever you have to sow. Like f- for years, I always wanted to move the prophetic. I lived in Scotland. I didn't know any prophets. When any prophets would come to my country, I would go visit them. I'd buy their resources. I'd sow into their ministry because I wanted to do what they were doing. So I encourage you to do that. And then lastly, number five is serve somebody else's vision. So important. If you don't have a vision, serve somebody else's till you get your own. It won't be wasted time. I promise. You know the other advantage of when you serve somebody else's vision? Keeps you humble. Keeps you humble and it allows you to sacrifice yours. Yeah. Right? When you are so confident that your vision is from God, you can help build somebody else's to come to pass because you know yours is all inheritance. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Part of the reason we left Toronto to move to Nashville was we knew that the the blessing and the inheritance that's in Toronto is not something we worked for. It's something that's given to us. And so we could go and serve Jeff and Becky's vision, knowing that our inheritance in Toronto was still secure. Yeah. Yeah. Serve somebody else's vision. Oh, my gosh. It's so, so important. Because, again, you're in part sowing where you want to go. Any other thoughts on vision? Nope. Okay. (laughs) There are your thoughts on vision. If you have any thoughts, questions, testimonies, comments, please uh, reach out on Twitter at Alan and AJ and let us know about it. Would you like a listener's question? I would. This is a hard one, but a really, really powerful one. I so, wouldn't then. No, it's still, oh, it's, I would. It's still helpful. Okay. okay. <laughs> this is a listener's question. It's from Sally. Hi, Sally. And Sally writes in and she says this, I recently learned that my parents are getting divorced. 
Oh, I'm so sorry. I would love if you could give some advice on how to navigate this. I find myself having lots of questions, questioning what a Christian marriage even means, why my parents are separating, even when there's been no abuse or adultery. I worry about how it will affect my own relationships in the future. I realize I'm harboring lots of bitterness towards them for making what I feel is a a selfish decision. I don't want my hurt to cause me to hurt other people or to grow bitter and hard-hearted. Can you offer some guidance or resources on how to still believe in marriage and how to begin healing? Thank you so much. Love you guys. I thought you'd be excellent answering this question because your parents are divorced and you've been through a divorce. So over to our divorce uh, while keeping a happy heart expert, KJ Jones. Here's the thing I never wanted to be an expert on. Yeah. I'm not sure I am, actually. Uh, I think my best advice is to just keep having a discussion with the Holy Spirit about how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, because your feelings are real, and it it is disappointing, and it's hurtful, and it's a painful thing to go through. Um, and I, I guess really not knowing the circumstances of stuff that's going on, it's, it's hard to be specific other than to say you want to keep your heart soft and you you never want to base your theology or what you believe to be a good thing. You know, scripture says marriage is a good thing and uh, you don't want to stop believing something is a good thing because you see examples of it being difficult, if that makes sense. Like you don't want to lower what you know to be true based on experience. Mm. Um, so my encouragement to you is to just be honest with God about how you're feeling and maybe even get in a, in a group or get some, get with some people that you can process with, um, who can pray you through and, and help you realize if it seems to be turning towards bitterness or any of those kind of things. Cause, um, you know, anyway, it's, we, it's easy to get angry when we don't understand. Sally, the other thing I was thinking about, and honestly, I'm genuinely sorry you and your parents are going through this. The other thing I thought of when I read your email is, because we don't know you, we don't know your circumstances, I don't know how old you are, it could be that your parents are protecting you or or keeping things from you for your own heart's sake. And I think that the, the safest thing that you can do is refuse to judge, which is really, really hard. We're at our dumbest. So hard. When we think we know the motives of another person's heart, but refuse to judge. Um, refuse to uh, embrace bitterness. And you've got to remember, everybody does the best they can with what they have. So not everybody has access to amazing resources. Not everybody has a relationship with the Lord like everybody else does. And you also got to understand that you want to be careful not to judge because you will reap whatever you judge and you don't want to do that. So you have to be this person who is Asking the Holy Spirit for grace that you can extend to other people. You can extend to your parents. You can extend to your own heart. You can extend to those who have hurt you. But if you can, like AJ says, pour out your lament to the Lord, like don't deny your feelings. Say, Lord, I am angry or I am sad or I am lonely or I am, you know, hurt. Pour those laments out to the Lord. He really wants to hear about those things. And I'm not suggesting, hey, when you don't, when we're saying you got to forgive and you don't allow bitterness, we're not saying deny your feelings. I'm saying take those feelings to the Lord and ask for grace. He, he loves to give self to the bits of our heart that are hurt and wounded. And I'd also encourage you surround yourself with people who've got great marriages so that you have an antidote to to the the issues that are presenting. You know, if you if you're constantly surrounded by the wounds of your parents' marriage, find other people who've got amazing marriages so that you can see a contrast. It's hugely important. 
I, you know, it seemed like from your question, and I think actually it's kind of a common belief that if your parents' marriage doesn't make it, then how do you have any kind of chance or whatever? But I actually know lots of people where their testimonies would be close to mine in that my parents are divorced. It was a pretty bad situation. And I actually have an amazing marriage and I love being married. Um, just so, don't like being cuddled at night. Just don't like that. being cuddled at night. Well, not, I just, anyway. So, <laughs> so I don't, you know, I, I would say what you don't want to do is is write off your future hope based on what your parents are working through right now, because actually God can redeem anything. Mm. Um, so I love what Alan was saying about get around other people with healthy marriages and and let that kind of restore your heart. Um, I, I had the privilege of being around a lot of people with healthy marriages, and it it does start to restore and heal you. And remember, you are not your parents, Yep, which is beautiful. Thank you for writing in, Sally. We'll be praying for you and your family. And thanks for sharing your heart. Hopefully that's of some help. To everybody else who's tuned in, thank you so much. Did I freak you out? I'm sorry. Yeah. I I shifted gears. He did. Yeah, just right there. Thank you, everybody else who is listening uh, to this. We hope you had an amazing Christmas and an amazing New Year. We're excited for your 2019. We want to thank especially our patrons, our wonderful listeners who support this show by giving a small financial donation for every episode. This week, we want to thank Frank. Frank, thank you for your continued support in making this show possible. Thanks, you, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to become a patron as well, it's super easy. Go to alanandaj.com slash support and you can find out how to become a patron there. If you're wanting to know what's different about this episode, you may have noticed a difference in sound perhaps. That is because we are actually recording it in our video studio. So we're wanting to get more into doing video. And so we are actually, do you call it ripping the sound? We're... Yeah, normally we record it in our podcast studio that's upstairs and it's kind of like a room that's treated and we've got proper microphones and headphones. Like AJ said, we're recording this in our video studio which uh, I don't know how that sound quality is going to turn out. Like, So give us some feedback on what you've noticed. Hopefully it sounds good. Yeah, we're hoping it's going to be good. But we're trying to practice getting more and more into video. And I'll be honest, I'm super uncomfortable in front of a, ca- a camera. <laughs> like it's really easy in our, in our podcast studio because you can't see us and yeah. we can do multiple takes. But when you're on video, it's like you're constantly aware there's a camera right there and there's an audience. But I also realized we're never going to get good at video if we don't practice. And when we started uh, normal podcasting, we had all the same sort of fears and it's only by practice. So that's what's different about this week. Yes. And actually, uh, it's it's quite funny. Are they going to be able to see this video? If you're one of our patrons, you will be able to watch uh, this video. If you're not one of our patrons, you can become a patron. And, and basically, you can watch AJ in a super thick... <laughs> I'm in my parka. And I just realized <laughs> I've been sitting on this hand. Look, at it's kind of like to try and make it so that I'm not waving <laughs> both my hands around. So I thought, I'll sit on one and then put one flat on the desk. <laughs> it is, right now, it's like, what's the temperature outside? Uh, well, I think in Celsius, but it's minus some something in the celsius yeah it's it's minus three degrees celsius it's something like i'm cold 31 degrees fahrenheit outside it's it's freezing outside and we're in in our we're in our basement which is (laughs) freezing cold but anyway if you want to watch aj shiver through this podcast episode again if you're a patron you know where to look for it if you'd like to become a patron just go to alanaj.com slash support and you can watch it and if you would like us to answer a question 
head over to alanandaj.com slash ask, and we'll do our best to answer your question on the show. But as always, we're thrilled that you tuned in. We're glad to be back. We're excited to accompany you through 2019 this year. And we'll be back same time, same but, place. But how do we get feedback on the touching, no touching? Can they like vote on Instagram or can they... Can we yeah. put something? We'll put out, you know, one of those Instagram polls. If you don't follow us on Instagram, uh, we're at Alan and AJ. And uh, we'll do an Instagram story sometime this week where you get to vote and we can poll on. Uh, I, I need your help, people. Touching and cuddling before you go to bed at night. I or just want to know when you're asleep. I just want to you want someone to be touched? <laughs> What's so wrong you're about You're adorable. That? Yeah, I am. All right. We pray you have an amazing week. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences. Oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses. They talk about faith in God and everything under the sun. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone. 